baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Howdy, folks. Welcome to The Weekend Report. This is uh, Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, filling in for uh, for uh, Chris Arps and uh, uh, got promoted to uh, to the big chair today, a little battlefield promotion. Feeling good over there, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be here, guys. Uh, t- Tony had me come in, and uh, and it looks like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting in the big chair right now while we're waiting for him. But, hey, we've got a great show coming up. Uh, we've got uh, uh, later this hour, we've got Nick Schroer. Uh, we're going to be talking a little Missouri State. Uh, uh, government stuff going on. Uh, the gas tax has been just off the charts. Everybody's paying attention to that. So yeah. we'll, we'll find out what Nick thinks. That's right? a big deal for me because, uh, yeah, I'm I'm that no new taxes guy. Okay, like so, ever? Yeah, like like almost pretty much ever. If you'd have to do a lot of convincing for me to say, okay, the government doesn't have enough money. And what happens then when they don't have enough money? Because obviously the roads are crumbling, the yep. bridges are crumbling. What happens at that point? Well, and and that's the thing. That's the thing to me. It's like I'm not sure that it's actually a matter of of them not having the money. It's them mismanaging the money, and that's that's why I was saying, well, you know what? I'm not going to give you any more if you can't deal with the money I've given you. I I guess I, I it's my dad coming right out of my mouth. Okay, so so my dad says I give you this amount of responsibility, and if you can't handle that, what makes you think you deserve more responsibility? Basically, we need to cheat the government like children. So we're going to ask Nick Shore about that. <laughs> yes, we're going to ask Nick Shore about the gas tax and uh, whatever else is going. And then uh, uh, next hour, we've got uh, Brian Agers, uh, Agers HVAC. Uh, he's going to come in and, and tell us what's what's going on in his world. And then uh, right after that, we got Frank Cusimano, KSDK Sports Director, as per usual. Are you making your <laughs> my demo? Your demo broadcast yeah. debut. He <laughs> sounds really good. He stepped in, stepped into the big chair. Is that He's ready going to go. On? I, I don't know. I just I, walk I mean, in and we're just doing it, huh? Well, the the, the schedule is the schedule, my All man. Right. So we got to keep going. Yeah, so, okay. but hey, hey, guess what? Tony's right. in, so he can take <laughs> take over. Yeah, what <laughs> thankfully. Are we, what are we talking about? Uh, I just introduced the show, so you're 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 right on time, man. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I heard you guys talking about the gas tax there. That is uh, something. I am very interested in. I uh, actually got a, t- a chance to talk uh, about that um, a little bit earlier this week and how it kind of surprised some people because I think a lot of us were, uh, you know, focused on our own individual pieces of legislation that, you know, we're interested in. Like I was keeping a close eye on the SAPA bill and, you know, and, and wondering and, you know, if that was going to make it through, and the, you know, at the at the final bell in the 11th hour. Yeah. As uh, as it seems to happen every year, you know, we've heard uh, with things like the SAPA bill and other uh, pieces of legislation that seem to have uh, wide support all session long that somehow end up dying on the floor and uh, because the, the clock expires on it. And, you know, as as confident as uh, everybody seemed about the about the Second Amendment Preservation Act getting through this year, um, you know. 
You never it, it still took to the very last day of the session. So you're never that confident if you can't get it done until the very last day. Yeah, the, um, the Republican supermajority isn't a, a a grand slam for all of the Republican priorities. No, you, you, that's what you find in, not in at Missouri. All. Not at and all. Particularly because we have that that you know the, the timeout clock basically on legislation, yeah, exactly. so that it creates this interesting uh, web of of uh, deals. I think that that go on in the background and bills that die and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it gives politicians a, a chance to be politicians and and tell people that they support a bill or do, or don't support a particular uh, bill and not actually have to make any movement on it like they yeah. can say look i yeah oh yeah i definitely support the Vo- second amendment voted in favor yeah, of i check, definitely check, check. yeah i definitely <laughs> support eliminating gun free zones i definitely support uh people being able to carry in churches and they say it and they say it and they say it but then they they can just let the clock expire. Yeah, it's like, oops, and then go. Oh, I guess I guess we got to start over. Oh, next, there was next? one. You know, there was one line in there that I didn't like, so I asked them to change it, and they said they would. And by the time they changed it, we ran out of time. Yeah. So it's it gives it that that you know the way that we do it, which is which is I mean it's it's not a bad thing. It's just it's it's politics. It's, yeah. It, now uh, I'm going to ask a question. Is a bad thing that I don't know the answer to, and and, and we all know that that's never good. <laughs> but seriously. Is 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 Missouri? I'm sure they're not the lone state, but or are we in the majority or the minority to have that deadline of when everything has to end six mm, o'clock yeah. on on a certain day, no matter what? A and then B for the people who are actually trying to get things done, are they wasting time early in the session and not getting to it soon enough? Is it a time management issue? I would like mm, to know. Yeah. A are we? Do we need to change it and say yes? We can. We can have a little more flexible deadline. And B, how are we managing our time to get these bills across? Because we know it's going to take this certain. Just based on averages, it's going to take four days to get through this committee and three days to get through this. Are we not introducing them soon enough to get to them soon enough yeah. to where we're up against that weird hard deadline? Frank, if you were in Jeff City. They would never be late. <laughs> Everything would start no, on time. People would, people would still be late. <laughs> Whether people were there or not. Right. Uh, but I can answer I can answer that part of the question, I think. I cannot answer the the question about the timeout clock, six PM last day, if everything dies across, you know, in other states. I I, I just don't know. Um but, but it's a good question. Yeah. It is a yeah, good question. It's a, great question. it's a good question for Nick Schroer, who yeah. we'll talk to you here in just a couple minutes. Um, but uh, as, as I heard Gabe Pfeiffer promote. Um, uh, but the other thing about the the timing of everything, uh, that, again, is all politics. They yeah. they don't do any they, – they, they seem to literally do nothing for the first half of the session, except maybe some very obvious... <laughs> it seems that way. Is that actually accurate? I think right. it is. I, okay, I think and it that's is. fair. I think it is. Me sitting here, having never been yeah. in Jeff City, no, watching how this is. process works, is it all fun and games for the first six yeah. weeks? And then are they, hey, we really got to get down to yeah. it. Well, I think at it's that all, point, it's I too late. I think it's all posturing yeah. for the first six weeks. I think it's all posturing mm-hmm. And, floor speeches and yeah, lobbying, <laughs> right? And yeah, exactly, floor speeches. And I'm not and, disparaging them. That's what they have to do. Yeah. If because that's the way it's always that's been. The that's process, how, right? If that's how the process works, if that's how you make the sausage, right? 
then that's how you make the sausage. But is there a better way to make the sausage? Right. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to having people down there in Jeff City for well, all this time, and then well, and then and then wait to the very end, and then wait, wait to the end, and then have one one chamber dismiss early. And the other chamber says, well, if they're going to do it, we're going to do it, too. Right. Oh, boy. Wait, right. But you have work to do over here yeah. in the Senate. And lo- that. Why of, are we leaving early? A lot of bones yeah. in this sausage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't like it. It's a lot of politics. Yeah. You know what I mean? What it is, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of politics. And nothing nothing uh, ma- it makes for action uh, like a deadline. Yeah. You know, like they, they always, oh, we have another month. Well, it's, it's, we still it's have cramming, two it, weeks. It's cramming before the final exam, basically. We have basically, plenty right? of time to get this done, and then all <laughs> of a sudden Except that you have to take the final exam. These people left early. Yeah. yeah that's a great point. <laughs> Analogy is great. <laughs> yeah. Up, yeah, up until the point. point where you don't they have can, to take the final exam. Yeah, we take the final vote. Just yeah. skip it. <laughs> they can just decide not to take the test. <laughs> They can't. I mean, they can talk about the test and how fair it is and what we want to take on the test, and then finally at the end just decide, no, I'm not going to do that. And pass it on to the next class. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you guys but, do it. But they have to start over. <laughs> right. From the, the very beginning, has to, start has over. to learn the lessons Repeat and the do all the homework. Yeah, I don't and know. Go th- there's, a, there's a point about the Missouri legislative uh, body that people may not know. So, like, we've talked about SAPA for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. but it's not the same exact bill every time because when it doesn't just get put on hold it doesn't just like oh we ran out of time this session let's set it over here and we'll work on this next year it has to be rewritten it has to have new it has to be proposed again it has to go it has to start literally from scratch every time the whole how the bill becomes a law thing everything yes yeah (laughs) it doesn't just just, yeah it doesn't whatever (laughs) progress it has made does Gone. not does not carry Wiped over out. to the next legislative so session. Everything just gets Thanos snapped yeah. into dust. And you Again, this sounds really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> well, but maybe it's not. Well, I, if there's I think, a person that knows the yeah. uh, the inner workings of the stupid of Jeff City. It's Nick Schroer. Yeah, so, I, I think we're we're definitely gonna have to, to yeah. take him to task on what yeah. the heck's going on well, in Jeff yeah, City. He'll he'll be able to fill us in <laughs> on all of those things. Yeah, uh, want to get his thoughts on the Sapa bill. Want to get his thoughts on the gas tax. Want to get his uh, basic recap of what he is happy and not happy with. Uh, and we can learn. We can we can all learn together about how laws are made Ooh. in the state of Missouri. Uh, when Maybe we make get a song back, about it. We're going to talk to <laughs> Representative Newsmaker Nick Schroer when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Me or you? 
It's me? Okay. Yeah. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. My, my demo reel's finished. All right, got it. <laughs> Tony Colombo here with Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel, who is once again in for the jet-setting Chris Arps. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Things open back up. The world opens back up, and Chris Arps is on the road. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got he's got he's got a lot of time to make up for. He's he's, he's a mover and a shaker, man. Yeah, he I is mean. a mover and a shaker. He's got he's got a lot of lost uh, time to make up for, and he has literally been uh, all over the country over the last couple of weeks. And um, we will hopefully get him back on very soon and be able to catch up with him on mm-hmm. all of those things. Yep. And uh, as always, I'm thankful for the opportunity to sit and in for him. as always, we are thankful for your ability to sit in <laughs> for Chris Arp. So uh, Gabe is here, and so is Frank Ladd. And joining us now on the line and uh, for the rest of this hour is our good friend, Representative Newsmaker Nick Schroer who just finished up the Missouri legislative session. And, Nick, we, in that last segment, had a lot of questions <laughs> that we didn't have answers to. So we are loaded. I thought Gabe has all the answers. <laughs> as, as a rocket scientist, you should have all of the answers. That's yeah, a good... Just like in the movies, I should know all the yeah. things. <laughs> Even a rocket scientist, however, can sometimes not understand uh, politics. Because it's not logical. <laughs> right. Not a lot of common sense in politics. No. So you know what? Let's uh, since we have we have Nick for the rest of the hour, so we can um, uh, we have the luxury for once to kind of uh, start slow and move into this conversation. So what you just missed, Nick, was us having a conversation about how um, the timeline of the session rolls out. And you and I have talked before about how you know there's nothing like a deadline to make action happen, and it yeah. seems like every year that. All the big stuff, all the drama, everything happens at the very, very end of the session, and it happened again this year. You know, there were some last-minute things. We'll get into uh, things like the gas tax and the SAPA mm. bill and all that as we go uh, as we go forward here with Nick. But before we dive into those specifics, um, how does that work? Is it do- is it what it seems on the outside like? It's just a lot of posturing and a lot of floor speeches for the first half of the session, and then everybody thinks, "Oh, we have time, and you know, we got to make our case or whatever, build our case for whatever we're fighting for." And then it just all hits the fan at the very end. Or is there actually more getting done that we just don't realize uh, throughout the entire thing? I think uh, all of that. I think absolutely all of that. There is a lot of posturing. Um, you know, you've got two separate entities in the legislative branch. You have the House and the Senate. Um, you also have the executive branch that has priorities, but they can't create legislation. They're relying upon the legislators in the House and the Senate. And what passes in the House doesn't necessarily mean it's going to pass in the Senate and vice versa. So you have a lot of different entities. Uh, you've got, um, and, and it's very strange that the, uh, the leaders in the Senate recently came out and said that you have three caucuses in the Senate. You have conservatives. And there's the conservative caucus led by Bill Eichel and Bob Onder. You have Democrats, which the majority thereof are so far left. I would say that they're, they're radical uh, leftists. And then you have, as leadership said, you have moderates. Well, no, 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 no. Wait a second. You have a supermajority Republican Party. I thought, you were, I thought we're all conservatives. And that's where uh, it, it really becomes an issue. And that's why we passed, unfortunately, things that I stood and fought against this year, like the gas tax and PDMP, which creates an unnecessary 
and an expensive database for fighting something that other the, the 49 other states that have this have not been able to uh, combat effectively. But, yeah, I think ultimately uh, during the first portion of the year, uh, nobody wants to move too fast. I do. I want to get all my priorities <laughs> done. Um, but nobody wants to move too fast because then you don't have leverage on the other branch, whether that's the executive branch, uh, the other chamber, the Senate. Uh, and that's why I think uh, a lot of the leadership in the House and the Senate for years past, since term limits, since term limits mm-hmm. have uh, kind of moved at this snail's pace. Uh, some things go to the governor's desk. I know in 2020, uh, the very first thing to get there on the governor's desk was my bill related to license reciprocity for military spouses. Now, that was within the first couple of weeks. That was a Trump priority as well. Um, but this year, at the very last minute, the very last several days, it was an explosion of priorities that got done. Some good, some bad, and what I call it the ugly, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the ugly part of this are priorities that necessarily didn't get done, such as banning critical race theory in our schools, which are already here. It's been here. Parents are furious. Students are being brainwashed by leftist propaganda, and that's something that I'm going to ask the, the governor to create a special session so we can come in and address it. Um the the idea the the way that we do things in Missouri is when when the bell rings on the last day of the session everything is dead from that yeah. point on and any bills that uh, were close or any issues that were hotly debated uh, it starts from scratch literally from the b- writing of the bill everything starts from scratch next year um, and your your knowledge of uh, of of state politics is that is the way we do it here in Missouri. Very similar to other states, or is our process more unique? I wouldn't say it's necessarily unique, but there are other states, uh, for example, that only meet every other year. There are certain states that they meet uh, just for a couple months rather than five. Mm. Um, There are some that uh, don't have an obligation to have a balanced budget like we do in the state of Missouri. You can look at Illinois, who uh, I think their their first balanced budget was a year or two ago. Um, So, yeah. Every state, it's unique in its own uh, way. There are some some legislators in other states that don't get paid at all. Uh, there are some that get paid even though their their state's basically bankrupt, like Illinois. They get paid a very hefty amount just for being state legislators and not uh, in Congress. And there are other states that have a very small amount of legislators. Here in the state of Missouri, we have uh, 163 House members, which were, I think, in the top five or six uh, when compared to uh, other states. But yeah, you make a great point. You know, there's a lot of um, the general public that they will continue to email me and, and talk to me about bills they love, bills they hate well after the close of session. Yeah. And, you know, I tell them, yeah, everything starts from starts from scratch. There was a, a bill that I've been working on for five years. Myself and good friend, Senator Bill Eigel, were able to get it across the finish line this year. And that's the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights. This mm-hmm. year, we included a lot of good things in it. Uh, in the last couple of days, which included uh, portions like my Bobby Bostic juvenile offender uh, reform. Uh, and I know I've talked about that in the past. We've got a PTSD assistance bill, uh, which includes a 988 public safety fund to help our first responders cope with PTSD. Uh, and something which the left deems controversial, we think it's common sense, and that's stopping the defunding of the police, which we just saw at Kansas City, despite the, the violent crime numbers in St. Louis and Kansas City skyrocketing. St. Louis defunded police. Uh, Now we've got the mayor in Kansas City doing basically the same thing. Uh, So I'm encouraging the governor to to sign this bill. Uh, Unfortunately, it won't go into effect until 
August 28th, no matter if he signs it today, tomorrow, or August 28th, it's going to go into effect at the end of August. So uh, let's get into the gas tax. Um, I mentioned earlier. Yeah, (laughs) because I think I think there are people that uh, are listening that uh, that just want an explanation. And I know that you're not. I know that you're not the one that owes them that explanation because (laughs) you're not the one who did this. I I mean, I absolutely do. And, you know, being the people's advocate for my district, um, yeah, I represent my district and I represent the Republican Party. I represent the state of Missouri. And I am furious. I, you know, it it is ignited something within me. So let me so let me set this up. So let me set this up because I mentioned this earlier. You know, me personally, probably keep a closer eye on news and politics than the average person. There are mm-hmm. people that keep a much closer eye on it than I do, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. But uh, for people like me who are even, you know, pretty well engaged, um, I was focused on other things. I was keeping an eye on the SAPA bill, and I was watching yeah. issues like the, uh, the, the the guns in church and the guns on transit and, you know, and other issues like that. Um, uh, a little bit, you know, watching the Medicaid uh, situation, you know, and this gas tax bill was just not really on my radar. And that's and that's my fault. I should have been I should have been paying more attention. Well, kinda, why wasn't it on your radar? Was it because you figured, hey, with a super majority of Republicans, yes. there's no way <laughs> yes. we're going to usher in the largest the largest tax increase in the state's history. Yes. Five hundred oh million dollars. Gosh. So can you. Ex- OK, can you explain <laughs> What can you explain exactly what the gas tax is, what that bill is, and what in and what we are now, you know, that is the, the law are going to be in the state of Missouri, and um, and then it, explain what it is, and then tell us what you know why you are so against it. Well, ultimately, it's a, it's death by a thousand cuts for our pocketbooks as taxpayers here in the state of Missouri, and not necessarily even taxpayers, but anyone using our roadways. Um, so going back just a couple of years, uh, the gas tax, there was a gas tax movement. Uh, th- there's a gas tax movement every single year that I've been in office since 2017. We put it on the ballot. <clears throat> the voters voted it down. Um, and I thought that that was the end of it. And in the chamber, you constantly hear of, uh, well, from one side, you, you hear it when it benefits them. From the other side, if there's an issue that the people have voted on, yes, you will hear, hey, the people spoke on this issue. Um, Medicaid expansion is a little bit different because of the funding mechanism that wasn't there uh, and, and that couldn't have been there. But with the gas tax, the people spoke just a couple years ago, voted it down, said enough's enough. Years before that, they did that again. Um, but despite that, we had Republicans going against their party platform in the Republican Party platform and thought it was a great idea to slowly increase the gas tax uh, over a couple of years. Now, here's the kicker. They indicated, uh, the sponsors of the bill in the House and the Senate, and all the lobby corps that was behind this have indicated, hey, wait a second. This isn't a, ga- a tax increase because if you don't want to pay it at the end of the year, you can get your money back. Well, well, how can you do that, Bob? That's, that's the, well, we would ask uh, Bob Barker on Price is Right, mm-hmm. and he would tell you, just keep your receipts. But when you dig into the legislation of this bill, it's not that simple. Uh, when I worked at uh, in the gun library at, at Cabela's for a number of years, I would always tell people, hey, despite you having these receipts, you're going to have to, uh, to scan it. Uh, the, the ink on here is going to disappear after a couple uh, of months, and that's exactly what we heard on the House floor is that Despite uh, many people wanting to keep their receipts, those receipts that you have to turn in uh, at the end of the year to get your rebate back, 
you would have to scan them in or take pictures of them. But that's not just it. You and that to, sucks anyway. Yeah. Like, that, I don't keep you, receipts. <laughs> I don't keep receipts. I, I don't do, you know, I'm cashless uh, most of the yeah. time. I try to keep, I don't have a big wall. You know, I keep as little as I can. You know, I, I monitor my banking. I used to be a big receipts guy before something called the internet came around. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm able to track my banking online. Uh, but, so, you know, that just, that part right there even stinks. So I didn't mean to cut and, you off, but I mean, about, right there, no. that already is no good. Yeah. Think about how fed up you would be as a single parent. Mm-hmm. You've got two kids in the car right after school. They need a snack. They're hungry. Well, you need gas, and you don't want to pay this tax increase. Well, guess what happens when it says the uh, the, the receipt bin is empty? Come see the clerk. Yeah, exactly. What are you oh. do? Exactly. What in the world are drive you going to do? I got to get to karate or whatever. Yeah. You're, you're just ferrying your children. Yeah, to, you're right? driving yeah, away. For me this past week, it was gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, <laughs> and that's an issue I know that, all that about we gymnastics. Hurt. Mm-hmm that we heard on the house floor um another issue is it's not just the receipt you have to keep you have to write down the exact address and location where you got the gas wait what the number on your card which the which was paying for that gas and the vin number for each vehicle that that gas went into among some other criteria so the hoops that have to be jumped through uh in order to get your money back uh, are incredible and uh, the fact of the matter is not too many people are going to do this. There was another state that that which had is done the this, point uh, of putting those hoops up. Let's yeah. be honest. You put those Absolutely. hoops up so people do, because you know many people won't jump through those hoops mm-hmm. and won't claim their money back, and that's more yeah. revenue. But it's but it's still a nod to say, oh, but you can get your yeah, money but, back. Yeah, but they you can still, still make that, that claim. There. Yeah, and Frank, yeah, go ahead. it's the it's the same system that they used to have for folks that 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 purchase gas for their boats or for their lawnmower yes. you mm-hmm. could turn in your yeah. your receipts right. if you used it specifically for for those items mm. So it's, and we've seen not many people have done that. It, it, right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't yeah, even know that was a thing. You, yeah, there you are. The two, two out of the three people in this room were like, hmm, what Wait, are we what? talking about here? Wait, what? So, Nick, we only have about a minute left in this segment. Nick Shore is going to stick around and do another segment with us. But uh, if, with these last few seconds, just kind of put a bow on your thoughts on this uh, on this gas tax. I think it's terrible. I think that the uh, the Republicans, the supermajority Republicans, owe an explanation and an apology uh, for, for claiming that they are Republican, that yeah. they are conservative. Uh, I think anyone voting in favor of the tax increase owes the people in the state of Missouri an apology for going against their will when they voted this down time and time again. And now basically told them, we know what's best for you, your family and your pocketbooks. Give us the money. All right, that is newsmaker Nick Schroer, Missouri State Representative. He's going to stick around and finish the hour with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Gabe Pfeiffer from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel is here as well. And if you missed anything uh, in this conversation or want to hear it again, don't forget about the Weekend Report podcast. You can get our podcast anywhere that you get podcasts, but I recommend the Odyssey app. On the Odyssey app, you can stream the station 24-7, you can rewind live radio, and you can get this podcast and all of the other radio show podcasts on this station there on the Odyssey app, and it's all free. So make sure you are checking that out. Take a quick break and uh, more with Representative Nick Schroer when we get back to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk.
is the sweet sounds of Perry Woods on the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. That my dude, buddy Perry Woods. He is so talented. Yes. Oh, my gosh. the soundtrack of the Weekend Report. We use his music every week as our bumper music. He's working on new stuff, so maybe we'll have some new music for you Ooh. very, very soon. Uh Download Perry's music anywhere that you download music, iTunes, Amazon, and if you don't download Perry's music, which you would find under The Woods Experience, uh, download some other local musicians' music and always support local music. It is great that uh, places are opening back up and venues are, are, are once again open and local musicians and other performers you know in the gig economy people like our friend Greg Warren uh, the great stand up comedian mm-hmm. um you know these guys that that rely on performances have been out of a job for a very long time and finally all of that stuff is coming back and that is great great news uh my name is Tony Colombo here with Gabe Pfeiffer aka St. John the Philosopher from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel uh, Gabe is in again this week for Chris Arps, Frank Ladd is here as well, and uh, sticking around and putting in a little uh, bonus time with us is State Representative Newsmaker Nick Schroer, who, Gabe, yeah. like yourself, mm-hmm. is also a budding musician. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Nick what, Schroer. What are, what are we jamming on yeah. these days, Nick? Hey, these days I've been listening to a lot of... Uh... Uh, acoustic Chris Cornell, Aaron Lewis, um, some bluesy stuff, the Black Keys. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching myself guitar from my grandpa's two guitars, and he gave me oh, that's cool. Uh, he gave me hell on his deathbed that uh, that he was able to teach himself guitar during the Great Depression, but I couldn't do it during <laughs> law school and politics. Ah. So that was a challenge. That's so awesome. I've, uh, I've picked oh, up the guitar, man. and and the the one thing that you can count on if I can you know jam on something like Tyler Childers. Uh, Waylon Jennings, something that you can you just feel the music to. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I'm going to be playing it. All right, that's great. I, what a great, what a great story. Yeah, and uh, and Gabe is a it, along with being a let's see if I can get it right black conservative Christian rocket scientist YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got you got this. Okay. And musician, you can add that on <laughs> yeah. his uh, on his resume as well. I love you that story. Your husband, you got you got oh, that is correct. Too. That is correct. Yeah, Jen will get mad at you. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, so uh, yeah, so we should all uh, we should all get together sometime yeah. and just hey, do now, that. Now, Tony, for a you while. know who else? You know who else is a budding musician? Who's that? Becky Arps. Really? Whoa! <gasps> what is she? she breaking news. Yes, Chris Arp's wife. Uh, yes. She challenged me early in the year uh, that by the end of the year, we're going to have to play a song. Uh, so I'm learning a couple. Uh, last night I hey. was playing some Merle Haggard, Mama Tried. We'll <laughs> Listen, if you, if you and Becky Arps have a song ready, I guarantee, I promise <laughs> you the radio platform to perform that song. <laughs> you will have an outlet for your music guaranteed i nice. promise it right now that would be <laughs> amazing that would be amazing and i'd much rather get becky arps back in the studio than chris arps so, <laughs> oh yeah uh, just no saying yeah, just saying absolutely um i had i was going somewhere with Sorry. this no 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 i was going somewhere with this and 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 i lost my train of thought but that's okay because we need to uh we need to dive back in here with uh, Nick well, you Schroer. might have been thinking about the breaking news what's that as i always do on this show yes let's um, have it the the very first very first big fundraiser uh, to usher in this new political uh, wave coming in is Freedom Fest. We're going to have Freedom Fest out at the Arrowhead uh, in Discover Design 
headquarters, I guess you could say, in St. Peter's. Yeah. Freedom Fest will be June 18th. All June right. 18th from 6 to 9. And we will have some live music there. Uh, I don't know if I will be singing or playing or doing anything, but Freedom Fest is a uh, socialist distancing requirement. Um, <laughs> masks, masks are not required, and there may be some burning of masks. But yeah, Freedom Fest 2021, June 18th. All right. Well, that's great. I will be there as well. I don't know if I'll be singing or performing or 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 participating in any official way, but I will. I will for sure be there. Uh, that is going to be great. So yeah, as we get a little bit closer to that, Nick, make sure you keep us posted, and we will. Uh, we'll continue to spread the word. So in the last segment, we talked about the gas tax, and it was uh, you know a lot of people are upset about that. If you missed that, make sure you go back on the podcast and 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 get all that information. Uh, let's talk about the SAPA bill for a minute. Um, that is one of these bills that we have seen die on the vine uh, a couple years in a row, um, but finally got through uh, on the last day of the session this year. Uh, explain to the the listeners exactly what the Second Amendment Preservation Act entails. And uh, what is the purpose for such legislation? Well, you know, first and foremost, I know that there are many people out there saying, well, you're only passing this because of Joe Biden. No, that's, you know, totally incorrect because we have sponsored this. I'm a co-sponsor of it. We've sponsored this for the past several years. And even before that, when Governor Jay Nixon was in office, the legislature, uh, I think under Tim Jones, passed it, sent it to Governor Nixon. Uh, Didn't have the numbers to override the veto, but this year we will. So uh, the Second Amendment Preservation Act some very smart people get it confused and say Second Amendment Protection Act. Um, but but, <laughs> Who but I will do tell you this. Who would, <laughs> what kind of moron would say that? It happens. It yeah, happens. it does. I know. It happens <laughs> but, particularly um, on this radio station um, with somebody that you guys might know. <laughs> well, well, time and time again, uh, you know, especially 2019, 20, and 21, we've seen the left actually come out and say, yeah, actually – we are coming for for your guns. That's what Robert Beto O'Rourke stated uh, in Texas. He lost. Unfortunately, Joe Biden won and was standing by him when he said, hell yes, we're coming after your guns. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden said, yes, we're going to bankrupt the NRA and come after them as well, which I believe is the majority of Americans are law-abiding citizens. So what this bill says is, look, you know, per our Tenth Amendment rights, we're going to continue to do what we believe is best here in the state of Missouri and, and govern the people in a way that we believe is uh, best for them. The federal government, unfortunately, they can do, they can still do whatever they want. Uh, the judiciary has indicated with this issue, yes, they can uh, legislate um, and impact our rights as Missourians. So, what this bill would say is they can pass whatever they want. Um, we here in the state of Missouri will invalidate these unconstitutional laws. We believe that they, uh, if they are unlawfully infringing upon your Second Amendment rights, they're going to be invalid. Um, but if they are going to try and enforce, these unconstitutional laws. They're not going to use our men and women in blue to do that, going door-to-door to to strip law-abiding citizens of their lawful rights, their God-given rights to to possess these tools of defense. Um, And if they want to do it, they can use their their federal agents. So I believe that that's fairly common sense. Uh, There were some issues that were brought up on uh, orders of protection and um, domestic assault uh, victims uh, not being able to protect themselves and um, their abusers having weapons, all of those were uh, red herrings. That, that is not the case whatsoever. But fortunately, we have a supermajority. I believe that the governor is fully in support. We worked with law enforcement on the, the minor issues that they said could have popped up with some older language. So now we have uh, the majority of law enforcement in the state of Missouri on board with protecting your Second Amendment rights. And that's another reason why I think, look, 
law enforcement's working with us. We should work with them and ensure that we have their backs and continue backing the blue here in the state of Missouri. Did you say SAPA has a veto-proof majority? Yeah, we have a, we have a veto-proof majority uh, in the House and the Senate on this. Looking at the numbers, I cannot I cannot envision uh, a situation where Governor Parson would veto it. But in a no, magical world where he would, yeah, we've we've got the numbers to override that veto. The Senate still has the ability. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. To filibuster it, but uh, in, in a v, in a special session or in a um, uh, veto session where we any bills that were vetoed, we have the right to come in. I think that's a bill that's definitely going to be uh, ushered through. the The previous question will be called, meaning we're shutting down debate. The nuclear option, um, take it to a vote. That's uh, that's that's uh, that's comforting and 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 great information there because you know we've heard a few people uh, saying you know make sure you are on the governor to sign this bill make sure you know you're leaning on the governor to sign this bill and uh, and like you said I I have no I've never heard anything from Governor Parson uh, indicating that he wouldn't sign it but um, right. it's comforting to know that uh, it looks like there's uh, it's got veto proof. Um, uh, majority anyway. Uh, well, Tony what, and Gabe, before, yeah. before we shift, I just want uh-huh. to throw this out there. Uh, I know you and I uh, have spoken about it on Second Member Radio. We've spoken about it in person. Uh, whenever I'm in uh, the station, we've talked about the, the rights of Second Amendment medical marijuana users and yeah. the fear of many um, that, that need medical marijuana or believe that it will help them. Uh, there's a fear that if they get their card, the federal government will obtain that information and strip them of their uh, their Second Amendment rights. This does have a provision. I will tell you this. This does have a provision which could insulate their Second Amendment rights, provide more protection for their Second Amendment rights, so long as the courts do not strike it down. We know that this is a bill that uh, ACLU and other groups have their eyes on um, to to file suit after. So as long as that provision is kept in, I believe Second Amendment um, rights for medical marijuana users or, or permit holders will be protected. But that's something to keep an eye on the rest of this year, uh, how the courts are going to handle that. What yeah. about uh, the red flag law uh, situation? Is that Has that been addressed? Will it be addressed? Um, you know, that is something that uh, a lot of people who are supporters of the Second Amendment and gun rights, right. you know, that's the that's the thing that kind of looms out there um, as, as a very scary proposition. Um, what is the situation, the current situation with red flag laws in the state of Missouri? Well, red flag laws in the state of Missouri are dead. And and the reason being is that we believe as conservatives now, I'm very confused now with how many of these people have voted on the gas tax. But conservatives believe, look, if you're going to take away someone's rights or trying to infringe upon any of their rights, God-given rights, constitutional rights, you should have a hearing on the merits. They should have the ability uh, to be heard. Um, You know, the, the allegations in these red flag laws that are taken as fact given to a judge without the the Second Amendment. Uh, uh, I almost said cardholder, but the Second Amendment uh, possessor, the the yeah. gun the gun owner, yes. having the ability to come and say, "Oh, wait a second, that is not the case whatsoever." You know, it could be um, uh, a former employee that said, "Hey, you know, the guy that just fired me, he threatened me with a gun. He's suicidal." Yeah, um, th- this could be weaponized. Uh, no yeah. pun intended. But no doubt, it, and, it, and, it, and it's not a could be. It is a has been weaponized. Has been. We have seen it across the country in places where there are red flag laws in place. We've seen it. Uh, we've seen it weaponized by uh, people in uh, like a neighborhood or a neighborly dispute. You know, somebody's angry at their next door neighbor for some reason. Uh, we've like you just said in an employment situation. We've seen it in divorce situations, yeah. contentious divorce situations. We have seen. Well, I've it even used. had cases when when I did family law. I had cases where 
Uh, it was very contentious. I represented uh, the female, the wife, and uh, they were splitting up. And the husband, who had guns, tried to file an order of protection on this individual, claiming she was the one. She, he knew that she just went out, got guns, threatened her. Um, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, there was a hearing on the merits. We yeah. were able to prove that, no, he was the one that was threatening her and was, was stalking her after they had split up, but before the divorce had gone through. And she was in fear of her life. The only thing that she was able to do to keep him out of her, the four corners of her house was to go get a gun. Uh, and, and in a red flag law state, her gun would have been stripped. Yeah. He would have been stalking, could have slipped right in yeah. to do whatever he wanted. Until you put... It's amazing. Look, I, the, the idea behind the red flag laws, I actually am for. But until you, until due process and Correct. until guilty, until proven innocent is included in the legislation, which it is currently not in any red flag law I have seen across the country, due process and guilty until proven innocent are not included. And once we got to get those things in there uh, before it could be anything that I would support. And there Uh, are three individuals that have tried to work with the Democrats and actually have a bill, have a, you know, we've morphed their, their bills into something that will provide due process, will provide uh, judges the ability, which they already have now, to restrict someone's Second Amendment rights uh, when there's an order of protection in place. Myself, the 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 lead sponsor of the Second Amendment Preservation Act, Jared Taylor, and Ron Hicks, us three who all have A-pluses with the NRA, have worked with the other side. But yeah. guess what happens when we have a bill we know can get to the governor's desk and signed and protect these victims of domestic assault? The Democrats say no. Mm-hmm. They want it to where they can come in without due process, strip you of your Second Amendment rights, and they're not willing to work. Uh, only a couple minutes left here, Nick. Let's try to get to a couple things very quickly. Gabe has a question. Go ahead. Uh, sure. And and with the the few minutes we have left, uh, could you just give us like a quick recap, a rundown, a, a good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will, of the entire session? I know we we've, we've yeah. hit a couple of very specific things, but what what what's been your impression, and what are the the real uh, things that that you think have come out of this session? Well, in a couple minutes, um, I, I'm going to try to hit it really quick. If you if you miss anything, you can go to my Facebook page. Uh, page Schroer Mo, just look me up at nickforrep.com, Nick for Rep, all spelled out, and you can actually, I think I had five different posts, but uh, you know, some of the good, the Second Amendment Preservation Act, some more of the good. Uh, we passed the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights. We, we got that PTSD bill in there allowing for certain funds to be used to help our law enforcement officers cope uh, in the juvenile justice sentencing reform, which uh, even the ACLU was in favor of. Um, we had the, the defunding police measure. Um, we actually worked myself, uh, Adam Schnelting, who I know has been on the show from St. Charles County, mm-hmm. and Senators Bob Onder and Bill Eigel. We were able to actually stop the whole COVID passport uh, scares that we, that we were hearing. So nice. uh, certain businesses and entities in the city of Missouri will not be able to require you to, uh, to show your papers, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with Jim Murphy on a lot of the, uh, the bills aimed at St. Louis County and St. Louis City and the health director orders that were shutting down businesses. Um, we actually got that passed. Now businesses that were shut down can actually offset their property taxation. Um, and while we're talking about property taxation, that's one of the ugly things, the things that got almost done in the Senate but didn't make it over in time on the last day, and that was the phasing out of the personal property taxes. The Democrats were the ones that said, you know, myself and Bill Eigel have been sponsoring this for years. In the Senate, he tried to put it on. Senator Bill Eigel got it on uh, one bill, but that portion was amended. The Democrats said, hey, if you think it's so good, do it in your own county. Well, Senator Eigel and I are going to take that deal all day long. They passed it initially. It needed one more round of approval in the Senate. 
but it fizzled out and died uh, on the vine, so to speak. Mm. I already talked about the gas tax. Um, I'll get fired up if I go back in detail with that. <laughs> and, Nick, unfortunately, we're out of time. We're going to have to leave it there. But like uh, like you said, uh, go to nickforrep.com for uh, to, to get more information, follow everything Absolutely. that Nick is working on. Uh, Nick B. Schroer on Twitter is always an entertaining follow. And Freedom Fest coming up on June 18th. Mark your calendars. And Nick, we'll have you back on real soon to follow up with uh, all of those things. But uh, thanks for uh, thanks for all your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys, and God bless you. You bet. All right, let's take another quick break, and uh, we will kick off our number two of the Weekend Report when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Thank you, Perry Woods, and it is our number two of the Weekend Report on your radio. Thank you so much for joining us. If you missed anything from that first hour, uh, for the majority of that first hour, we were joined by State Representative Nick Schroer, who had a lot of great information for us. Uh, regarding the just-ended Missouri legislative session. Uh, we talked about the good, like the SAPA bill finally getting passed and uh, on its way to becoming law. We talked about the bad, like the gas tax. Yeah, got a lot of great information about um, all of the things that were and weren't done by the legislative body in Missouri this year. So if you missed any of that, make sure you check out our podcast. You can get the Weekend Report podcast anywhere, but I would recommend the Odyssey app as being the best place to go and do that. Uh, my name is Tony Colombo here with producer Frank Ladd, and in for Chris Arps once again this week is our friend Gabe Pfeiffer from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. Hey. Uh, thanks again for your time today, my friend. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have some I, I have some issues that I want to get into with you. We are uh, this hour going to talk to Brian Eggers uh, from Eggers HVAC. We're also going to talk to Frank Cusimano uh, from Channel 5. A lot happening in the uh, sports world right now. Uh, Blues not looking so great in the uh, playoffs, uh, but um, there's a lot happening with the Cardinals season and some other sports issues that I want to get into with Frank, so that's always going to be a great conversation. I want to hit some news issues with you, Gabe, while we have time. Uh, But before we do that, uh, update people on what's happening on the YouTube channel. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, Mo, my my latest video that's that's still going strong here is is a recap of a call that I received while uh, on another show here on the station, as well as a tweet uh, that kind of went out during during the whole conversation. And it's it's a great example. Something from Annie's show, right? Oh, yeah, from Annie's show, Mm -hmm. yeah. But it was was a great example of uh, how liberals... um, approach a black conservative <laughs> or or <laughs> or in in one instance uh, i don't think she she realized i was black but that that's even more indicative of, of oh. the type of t- the type of things we deal with with uh, when race comes into the conversation and when radio is yeah. part of the conversation <laughs> because you can't see the other person oh yes and uh now I you Im- actually have to attack the ideas right yeah but, and uh, i would imagine mm-hmm. that it's happened to you i know i've seen it happen in person 
to Chris Arps and and <laughs> other uh, black conservatives that have been on the radio with me that will uh, a caller will say, well, you have uh, <laughs> typically typically a white caller yep. will say you have no idea. You how dare you speak on issues that you have no idea on because they don't realize that mm-hmm. you're that you're uh, a black person yes. and that. <laughs> it messes people would, up, yeah, man. It's so fun. I would imagine that feels. I would imagine that when that setup happens, that you just feel like you have the hammer. Yeah, like oh, it, I am gonna mess a, up this person's it is world. A, it is a great temptation not to uh, not to strike the fear of God into them with your response. But you know, I I, th- I think I, it it came out pretty well. That particular uh, um, interaction was good. But so definitely check out that video. I expand upon some of the points I made on the on the radio. I actually uh, linked to a clip of the uh, of the conversation. So you can hear, you know, hear it straight. So yeah, it's it's just just a good time, and uh, and and you can check that out. While while in the meantime, I'm working on other things. Yeah, one of them which I think is definitely just going to be an overall exploration of racism in America in 2021. Oh wow, that will be that will be amazing, and uh, I can't recommend it enough. Saint John the Philosopher on YouTube. Make sure you're checking out Gabe's videos. Uh, let's just stay on this topic of mm-hmm. of race because uh, yeah. one of the big highlights, one of the big stories of the week. Uh, was out of Chicago with the mayor there, Lori Lightfoot, making mm-hmm. the um, announcement that she will not give any one-on-one interviews uh, with white <laughs> members of the media, with white reporters. That he that she will only uh, conduct those types of interviews uh, with members of the media that are people of color. Um, when you will not talk to somebody because of their race specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that racism? Babe? That's 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 exactly racism, Tony. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. Uh what's what's interesting is um you know th- of course the the response is well, you know journalism is just so overwhelmingly white and I want to give people a chance and blah 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 blah. And that's fine. But, but but look, here's here's the deal though. If you were to say the si- if let's say a journalist said uh, a sports journalist for the NBA said, you know, the NBA is overwhelmingly black. Most of the one-on-one interviews are with black players. Mm. I'm only exclusively going to speak to white players because they are underrepresented. Yeah. I never thought of that. What a great analogy. It's the same logic. But you see the racism pretty clearly now, don't you? Well, that's the problem. That's that's the basically that's your flip test, uh, Tony. So right? what I it's do like, like yeah, mm-hmm. at home. <laughs> believe me, the flip, flip test. test was the first thing that I thought of. Um, <laughs> but it's so obvious that you don't even you know you don't even need to say it because. And what I what I do well, I what I will say is, uh, uh, for the most part, now there's been a lot of like uh, sugarcoating it, mm. but for the most part, people in the media. Even those who are typically very progressive uh, liberals have said that this is not a good thing. Mm, um, that's good. Uh, most of the ones that have a very hard time uh, ever being critical of somebody like Lori Lightfoot will say will will cover it up with layers of. <laughs> I understand her, her point. Her heart's in the she's right place. Right, yeah, her heart's in the right place. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's making the right. She's she's addressing uh, an issue that needs to be addressed. And then after about after about three <laughs> paragraphs of that, there's a but. <laughs> yes, she shouldn't have done it. This so, isn't the way to do it. Yeah, uh, I wonder why. <laughs> Gregory Pratt from the Chicago Tribune is a reporter who covers the city's. Uh, who covers the mayor and the city council there. 
Uh, he took issue with the decision, saying politicians should not choose who covers them. Uh, Gregory Pratt said that uh, there are real diversity issues in media. It's important newspaper bosses acknowledge and work on it. At the same time, it's important for government officials to be accessible and answer tough questions from journalists of all backgrounds. Uh, Gregory Pratt is a Latino journalist, and he tweeted out this week that he was granted an interview with the mayor one-on-one because he's a Latino. Uh, but canceled it after he asked the mayor to lift that condition about white reporters, and the mayor's office declined to do so. So he turned down his interview. Uh, I think that's I think that's great. That's the only way to go. Uh, Leo Terrell uh, is a uh, is a black uh, civil rights attorney. He spoke out on this, saying uh, if a white mayor said the same thing. You would have CNN and MSNBC and Black Lives Matter protesting and burning down this country. She is a racist. Let's be clear. Black woman, mayor, a racist. (laughs) As a civil rights attorney, I find this repugnant. Um, So, like I said, a lot of people are speaking out against this. Um, While there there is, uh, you know, uh, they say there's a diversity issue in the media there in Chicago and maybe across the country in general. Uh, You know, I've never looked into it. That's probably the case. And if it is, it should be addressed. But I, like you, think this is not the way to do so. Um, when, When the mayor made this announcement, she put out a letter letting everybody know why she was doing this and everything. And in the letter... Uh, She claimed that there were no female journalists of color covering City Hall. Right after that letter came out, uh, Chicago Public Radio Station WBEZ answered by saying, two of our three reporters are Hispanic and South Asian women. That cover so like, while they're while right she, there. Yeah, she says in the letter there are no female journalists of color covering City Hall, and one of the radio stations there say. We have th- only three reporters that cover City Hall, and two of them are women of color. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, that doesn't mean that there's not a, a, a diversity issue. I'm sure that there is, but, you know, uh, this yeah. is not the way to handle it. No. And, and, and you don't have to, if there already is that diversity issue, you don't have to lie about it yeah. to make it sound even, even worse. Well, and the interesting thing, though, about any diversity issue to me is, is the fact that we— We've been conditioned to look at any disparity um, from, I guess, the general population, I guess, is supposedly our baseline uh, distribution, is is that if there is any disparity, it's necessarily racism. Yeah. But that's not true. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of self-selection that goes on in in a capitalist society. Right. I I chose what profession to get into. Um, Nobody forced me to to get into it, let alone force me out of any other profession. So the thing is. If if uh, if there's a a whole bunch of black people, but they don't want to be journalists, right. <laughs> or or especially cover government, right? Then the only way to remedy the uh, the 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 disparity is to either force black people into a position they don't want to be, or force out white people from positions for for which they've they've worked their That's whole lives point. for. So the thing is. All of these things require tyranny, and that's why mm. you can't look at things from the quote-unquote equity standpoint, the, the basically the guaranteed outcomes. Well, we're looking for a specific demog- you know, demographic distribution, 70% white, uh, 30% black, 20% uh, Asian, blah, 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 you know, you just run down the line. Yeah. Because if you try to spread that over all of society in every very sector, and half women everywhere, you're going, you're going to destroy everything. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Im- imagine trying to force that distribution like that. on the NBA. Let, like let's that. go back yeah. to the NBA. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> force distribution. Point. How many yeah. black players are you going to disenfranchise? Yeah, that's a great. That's a that's a that's a great point. And I like the idea. Uh, I like what you said there about how it, that when you force it, it's it's tyranny. That that's that that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's switch uh, gears here and uh, go more local. Um, we talked about this. The rumor has been out for a couple weeks, but now it is official. Uh, Mark McCloskey is uh, officially running for uh, Senate, uh, United States Senate, mm-hmm. uh, here in the state of Missouri. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Mark McCloskey, of course, famous for uh, standing on his yard and confronting uh, <laughs> protesters of Lyda Krusen, um with his wife and their guns. Um, while can we I, give him a, a nickname like Mark? Get off my lawn, McCloskey. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bo Matthews and I talk about this on Second Amendment Radio a lot, and um, some people cannot, you know, like everything in this world, everything today is, you know, every issue you're on this side or the other side, mm-hmm. and there's no thought in the middle. Right. Uh, while I support Mark McCloskey's what I believe, right, mm-hmm. to go out on his lawn with a gun in his hand mm-hmm. if he feels like, if he truly felt felt like his property and his life and, you know, we're at, we're under threat. Mm-hmm. I, that, yeah. I, I, I don't fault him for that. Right. That doesn't mean that I support everything that he does. <laughs> right. And don't think that he is uh, the, the wrong candidate <laughs> for the Republican Party in Missouri and uh, not being a Republican or a Democrat, I can look at this from the outside and think to myself, if I was a Republican, <laughs> I wish we would I wish we would have gotten to this with Nick Schroer in the last mm-hmm. hour. Uh, if I was a member of the Republican Party in Missouri, um, I wouldn't think that this is great. No. I would think that this is very polarizing. Yeah, you are a, a very conservative uh, uh, Missouri citizen. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Mark McCloskey running for Senate? I think it's kind of a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> honestly. Um, uh, and and the thing is, it's it's it feels very much like a okay. I'm gonna I'm trying to stretch my 15 minutes into a few hours, right? You know, my my 15 minutes of fame, and uh, it, you know, for for whatever his presence. On his lawn stood for, you know, in the in the moments of the the sort of BLM uh, craziness that was going on, where, you know, people breaking into things and destroying private property and all that stuff. The the you know he at the time, I think for a lot of uh, of conservatives, represented somebody who was like, no, not here, kind of thing. There's like this this far, no further, sort of 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 conservatism, and and that's fine, but. Gosh dang it! Uh, yeah, we don't we don't need a a random you know what what could amount to basically a a a, a, a what we what we have a, a lack personality, of personality in, a ra- in politics personality. everywhere is people that are going to unify. Yeah, and Mark McCloskey is not a unifier. No. And he's and he's in the he's in the majority. By the way, I'm not saying like he's you know that he's an outlier of some kind. Um, in that in that regard, at least. Um, well, or or even there's the fact that whatever he represented, you're at the splitting time, it, you're it splitting a vote. Big it doesn't time mean there. he's he's the type of person you want in charge of anything. And 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 <laughs> you know and unfortunately, this is the way we're going in politics. It's these type of candidates. Very personality driven. Very personality, sensational, Mm -hmm. newsmaker type people Mm -hmm. that are doing this instead of of politicians. Which, you know, I'm I'm 
the last person to ever defend politicians. But. <laughs> and it's the problem with the uh, the system. According to the Missouri Scout, since, since his announcement, he's already raised $200,000 uh. for his campaign. But it's the problem with the primary system is that the people that come out and vote in primaries they are the extreme people because yes. you and I, who just only go out for the general election, the everyday people who want the kind of more center of the road people don't vote in those primaries. So the people that are at the extremes get the votes and then they they, they progress. Well, interesting, love. I'm one of the few who actually does vote in the primaries and I, yeah. and I look around and I'm like – you know, especially during the general, I'm like, where were you guys during the primaries? Right. Because this is why we have what we have. So totally so, unfair here because we only have a couple <laughs> minutes left in this segment. But I did want to, uh, while we had a chance, get your thoughts mm-hmm. uh, as a very uh, religious person mm-hmm. um, uh, with the uh, you know uh, Christian background. Um, we are seeing religion and politics and and you know world news all clash uh, again mm-hmm. in the Middle East right now. Yes, uh, with what is happening uh, between um, uh, Hamas and Israel uh, over there. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on that issue? Uh, I stand with Israel um, not only from a uh, I guess religious standpoint on some level, just because. Uh, God promises a lot of things to Israel, and while I may not understand it completely, I'm I'm not I'm not going to take a chance that I'm standing against something God is is defending. Uh, but uh, even beyond that, just from a a, a, a cultural, um, a, a political, just logical standpoint, Israel are the are the ones being aggressed. Here, you know, they are the ones being attacked. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, just like at their founding when they got attacked from all sides. <laughs> and know? here's something that, and here's something that is indisputable: Israel is an ally of the United States. Yes, Hamas is a recognized terrorist organization. Yes, clearly, it's not black and white. No, it's not, there no issue is clear like as can be. So there's definitely. Minutia, and there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I'm not saying it's that simple because it's not, but it is a little um, alarming that we have uh, people in the United States government on the left that are really speaking out against Israel and in support of the other side. Yeah, there was always this sort of air of, well, Israel needs to pull back. Israel needs to be have what quote unquote proportional responses. Yeah, I'm sorry if you threaten my child. I'm not bringing a pr- proportional yeah. response. That's yeah. that's how defense works. Yeah. But um, it's like the iron. It's like because they have the Iron Dome. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to attack them. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, well, it's well, like, they can well, they can defend themselves, right. so it's okay. If they were just if they were really getting bombed, mm-hmm. then it would be different. But they're not really it, getting bombed it, because it the bombs don't land. It doesn't hurt that much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not how that works. So, yeah. All right, we need to wrap this up and take a quick break. We are going to talk to Frank Cusimano from Channel 5 in a few minutes, and we're going to talk to our friend Brian Eggers, one of the great sponsors of this show from Eggers HVAC when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. I'm Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with producer Frank Ladd and our friend Gabe Pfeiffer from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. 
And I actually got that wrong at the end of that last segment. I had my I had my guests flipped. We're going to talk to Brian Agers in a few minutes, and we're going to talk to Frank Cusimano right now. So uh, <laughs> joining us on the line is our good friend from News Channel 5, the sports director, Frank Cusimano. Frank, it's been a little while. We've gone through some uh, radio changes over here, and uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a few weeks, so it's great to catch up. How, how's it going? Well, I'm still recovering after you guys fired me, but I've uh, <laughs> and I think I'm going to be okay. Hey, Mark, Mark Reardon seems to give me more airtime. He's nicer than you guys. Well, so. oh, hey, man. listen, listen. I listen. My last name ends in a vowel, and so I. <laughs> you will always, you will always be welcome uh, uh, on my show, Paisan. for sure. I'm going to send exactly you right. my psychiatrist bill because I had to go through a lot of counseling to get through this. Thing. Okay, all right. I'll take a look at that, and I will. Uh, I, I'll, I'll send it to the uh, appropriate people. He's delicate. <laughs> He's delicate. So. So um, uh, it's my understanding that you are actually, uh, I don't want to get into, you know, I don't want to get into your personal life, but it, I understand that you are doing a little traveling and you are um, uh, watching some uh, some baseball. And it's just got to be great after the year that we've gone through uh, to be back out on the field and watching live sports and, uh, you know, seeing uh, people back in the stands uh, watching baseball and hockey and, and everything else. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, it's fact, pretty great right now, isn't it? It really is. In fact, I just walked into this stadium in Evansville, and I asked the guy, do I have to put my mask on? He says, not unless you want to. So I calmly put it in my uh, back pocket. Yes. I think that's oh, one of the greatest that's things. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's when you don't have to put on that mask. It's just, you know, look, I, look, I don't want to be a guy that's anti-mask because we had to do it for a certain period of time. But knowing you don't have to now, it's just like a, a significant moment in all of our lives, especially watching sporting events. I mean, I've been, you know, I go to these, these college baseball games because of my son, and, and, you know, we're outdoors, we're separated, and everybody put that mask on. And there, we used to call these people the mask patrol. Did you bring it down underneath your nose, even though you're outdoors, even though you're vaccinated, even though you're next to your wife who's vaccinated, <laughs> they'd come over and say, Put it, put that thing up, roll that thing up. Yeah. We call them the mask police. Right. Yeah. It's it's it feels good to be getting uh, uh, back to normal and getting away from that stuff. Uh, Frank, it, so we have to, uh, people understand that, uh, you know, we record this show a little bit before it airs, so I want to talk to you about the Blues, but as we are having this conversation, it is Friday afternoon, so Game 3 is right around the corner, but uh, as it, when, when people will hear this, it'll be Saturday, so either the Blues will have somehow found a way to win a game in this playoff series, or they will be down 3-0 by the time people are listening. Either way, the Blues are really up against it in this first round, um, and it's not looking good. Uh, what are, how do you assess uh, uh, the Blues uh, so far in this uh, in the playoffs? Well, I think well, let's think bigger picture here for a moment. You know, let's face it: in 2019, when they won the Stanley Cup, not only were they the best team in hockey, but they had a team where everybody was in the primes of their careers mm. or approaching the primes of their careers. I'd say 90% of the roster was in that situation. So you're thinking, wow, this is an incredible time period. It's, it's a special moment in time. It's great to be a Blues fan. Lightning in a bottle. However, here we are a couple of years later, and Las Vegas, more talented. Colorado, more talented. Minnesota, a better record significantly. 
And you're wondering, do you have to, like, tear this thing down and build it back up again? I mean, is it going to be that type of rebuild? Because you're, you're not going to stay pat and think, oh, we're going to get better than Las Vegas next year. We'll be able to beat Nathan McKinnon in the Colorado Avalanche. No, you're not. Not with this roster. And here I think, and I don't want to put it all on one person, but one of the reasons for this demise is pretty simple. Is Vladimir Tarasenko was one of the great goal scorers of his generation. Hmm. I mean, we are talking about a guy who was, you know, right up there with the very elite in the NHL. And now we're talking about a guy who is scoring three or four goals a year in a granted limited time. Yeah. But if he is not a monster offensively, then you got some issues. You really do. Uh, what do you think of the, like I said, it's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up. Um, how do you feel about the Cardinals' start to their season? Well, you know what's amazing is that here they are with this glitzy record, with this bulging three-game lead, and they are 13th in offense, and they're 13th in pitching. So they're like right in the middle of the road statistically, and yet, they have a pretty commanding lead for so early in the season. Uh, so I think they're fortunate, but I do like the way it's trending. And I think the two biggest things is O'Neill and Vader, because let's face it, you, you've been watching Cardinal baseball very closely the last two or three years, Tony, and you know that the confidence level in those two was not great. I mean, mm-hmm. you wondered if Vader could hit, you wondered if O'Neill could even hit 200. And yet those guys have made adjustment, adjustments. They've grown in their careers. And, you know, if Tyler O'Neill can ever stay healthy, he's going to hit 25, and Bader has an unbelievable OPS. Those were the weaknesses in the lineup. If you get Paul DeYoung hitting, this is a really wonderful offensive team because you know what you're going to get from the rest. You know that you're going to get 30 out of third base and 25 out of first base. Uh, you know that Dylan Carlson's one of the best rookies in all of baseball. Uh, Yachty's been overachieving. Hmm. You know Tommy Edmonds special. But, boy, if you got center and left straightened out, holy cow, this is a scary team. Yeah. And how much does the, uh, how much does the crowd being back in the stadium uh, influence the game, in your opinion? I know it's been so great. I, I hated the fake sound. It drove me crazy. Uh, and the cutouts. To know that it was all pumped in and fake. And, like, I just couldn't – my brain could not accept it as real. I, I just, you know, uh, I, my brain would automatically question, well, why did they make them cheer louder there? Like, it was distracting. Uh, this is the weekend that uh, – with the Cubs in town, this is the weekend that they've uh, they've raised the capacity. And then they made the announcement this week also that they're going to go to full capacity here in just a few weeks. Um, what do you think of those decisions and uh, what kind of an impact, if any, does it have on the game? Well, I, I would have to think in St. Louis, it would have to have more of an advantage than in, say, Kansas City, who went 100% uh, a little bit earlier than the Cardinals. Because, look, when, when the Royals say, hey, we're going 100%, well, good for, good for you, but you're not going to fill 100%. When the Cardinals <laughs> right, right. say 100%, yeah, that means 43,000. I yeah. wish they would have done it for this weekend. There's no reason for them not to be at 100% this weekend. And, and they won't say that publicly because Bill DeWitt, had to, Bill DeWitt III really had to work closely and not ruffle any feathers with the city and the mayor and all those people. But, yeah, this it's going to be it's going to be so unbelievable. This weekend will feel like 100%, and then from here on out, it's just going to be 
awesome. So the great Frank Ladd, our producer here, is also our resident Cardinal season ticket holder. Uh, since making that is announcement, that right? yeah, Wait a minute. yeah, since. <laughs> I've always known that Frank is from old money. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, the when lads I go, to go back game, a lot. I have to buy bleacher <laughs> tickets. You know what? I think I've seen Frank in the green seats. All the time. <laughs> Free food. Yeah. 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 So since the Cardinals made that announcement, Frank, have, you, uh, have they been in touch with you? And are you working on uh, locking up whatever games you're going to go to for the rest of the well, year? Well, for what they told us for, for the rest of the season is that our tickets are going to show up in our account at the end of May for the rest of the year for that series starting in June. Back to our regular seats, which, Frank, are in the left field bleachers. And I'm in a group of nine. I don't... <laughs> I don't get all 81 games. I get yeah. nine games. He has. It's funny. He has one ninth of a ticket a, 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 to every game, and it, it, it's, it's really it, small, hard yeah. to keep track of. Yeah, it's it's like fifty fifty if they let him in or not. I was thinking. I know that Frank is a great musician. Maybe he cut a deal with an agent. He's making all this side money too. There. I haven't, I haven't picked up a horn in a year, Frank. So no, I'm a terrible musician. Thank you, though. So that's great. So you'll be back because I know that uh, going into. What, what, how it's been so far is you've had an option to go to games because you're a season ticket holder, but it's kind of been all over the stadium. So you're Correct. back in your seats starting middle of June. Yeah. That series in, in, in mid June. Yep. That's great. Uh, Frank, well, we got a few minutes left here. I uh, wanted to talk to you about Albert Pujols. He just hit his first home run as a Dodger uh, this week. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, bringing him back to St. Louis. I don't think that was ever, like, a, a serious discussion as far as the club was concerned. But it was certainly a, a serious discussion among the fan base. Uh, what do you think about uh, Pujols landing in L.A.? Is it, uh, is it the right fit? Is he got any, does he have anything left in the gas tank? What do you think about Albert Pujols? Well, I was in favor of the Cardinals, you know, not going after him in May. I thought the only way it could have made sense for the Cardinals would be to bring him back for bring him back for some ceremonial at bats in September and take a bow and say goodbye. But with that said, this is a much better fit. The Dodgers have been devastated by injuries and there's a realistic chance that he really can play, you know, against lefties. And he's also on a much better team. The angels do nothing but lose. The Dodgers do nothing but win. It wouldn't surprise me at least in May and early June, because of the doubting of him and this new energy that he does produce and is pretty good. I just wonder that if he got regular at bats, what it's going to be like in July. I mean, look, his, his numbers, I'm talking about the analytics, the OPS stuff, you know, the more intricate baseball numbers were really brutal the last couple of years. Oh. And I don't, I don't blame. He's hitting Angels below for, 200 below the Mendoza line. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. That says but, a, but, everything you need to yeah, know. But you got to look at his slugging percentage and his OPS, and yeah, that that stuff is just is not pretty at all. So I don't blame the Angels. And I, I tell you what, too, is the stuff at the end with Joe Madden, uh, he allegedly yelling at Joe Madden. You know, who doesn't get along with Joe Madden? Right. That player doesn't <laughs> like Joe Madden. Right. But I will say this: when you're 42 and you've accomplished what he's done, to have this you know, dramatic fall. It must be difficult. I don't know what it's like to have that kind of ability and then to not have that kind of ability. Yeah. Overall, Albert's been great, and he's a good man. He's the perfect example of uh, why 
people who support the DH support the DH because a guy like him can just go up there and 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 hit every night and you know they don't have the ability to really play every day in the field anymore and that's completely fine um, so it's a little weird to see him land on a National League team, especially if he thinks he's going to play every day. But real quick, Frank, only about a minute left, but I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the designated hitter and the continued rumors that it is coming to the National League uh, maybe as soon as next season. Uh, do you see that happening, and is it something that you are in favor of, or are you like me and hate it? Well, for most of my life, I was against it. But the more and more... I see these hitters attempt to hit. It, it really doesn't make any more sense for them to do it. And, you know, Tony, we're in a time period right now. The pitchers attempt with, to hit, yeah. Yeah, we're in a time period right now where we're at an all-time high in strikeouts, an all-time low in batting average. I mean, if the right fielder can't hit in baseball <laughs> – then how's the pitcher going to hit in baseball? So mm. I don't want to see an automatic out. Yeah. I'd rather watch Albert Pujols hit than, say, Miles Michaels. Thank you so much, Frank Cusimano from News Channel 5. Follow Frank on Twitter as well. Great way to keep up with everything that's happening in the local and national sports world. Uh, Frank, great catching up with you, and hope to talk to you again real soon. Thanks for giving me a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) Always, my friend. Have fun out there. All right, take a quick break and talk to Brian Agers when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with producer Frank Ladd and Gabe Pfeiffer from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel in again this week for Chris Arps. Uh, Very much appreciate you and all of your help these last few weeks as Chris has been jet-setting across the country, so thank you very much. I don't think his microphone's on. I got it. My, pro- okay, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got one more segment to go here. And as I mentioned, joining us on the line now is one of our great friends and great sponsors of this show, Brian Agers from Agers HVAC. Brian, uh, always appreciate your time. How's it going? It's going well. It's hot outside. Yes. We're busy. And I, uh, it's another it's another summer in St. Louis. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why I wanted to have you on because I is it me or did we didn't warm up. We never went we went from cold to hot. We never yeah, had we, that <laughs> right? We never yeah. had that spring time. My wife and I just last week uh were uh, uh walking to the park with our kids and, you know, we had jackets on and sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, you know, it's it's May. It was, you know, it's mid-late May. And it feels like it's November. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's fall, not spring. And then yeah, we, and then we suddenly go, bam. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, th- so that's not my imagination. This was, this was a little bit weird, right? It is. I mean, it's been a, a cooler spring than what we're used to so far, and uh, and that's what 
is the drag about when this weather pattern happens in our region is that nobody turns the air on. It's too nice. It's too cool. I'm going to hold out. And then yeah. it's mild. It's mild. And all of a sudden it's hot and yeah. everybody turns the air on and a bunch of people don't have air. Exactly. Oh, and boy. that's exactly what I wanted to have you on for because it, it did. It just like a switch was thrown and it's hot again now and it's going to stay hot. And so people all over the area are turning on their air conditioners uh, either for the first time or they're running them, you know, constantly for the first time. Maybe it's been on, you know, a couple times here and there, but now they're going to be turned on and not turned off. So um, what are uh, there's a joke there turned on and not turned <laughs> off. There's a sex joke in there somewhere. Um, you guys I, un- I, we will stay I, away from. Yeah, I let it pass. Yeah, if you're, pass. if you're yeah, if you're out in your car listening, you know, just unpack that and make your own joke got, and then laugh at your own joke. watching that. Stepped yeah. out of the box. That's um, uh, but uh, what are some of the things? What are some of the things that can happen? What are the, some of the things that people should be looking for? Um, you know, when they when they turn on the air conditioners and start running them uh, very hard for the first time. Well, I'd encourage people to do it immediately if they haven't turned them on yet. Um, every year, and this year is no exception, I, I've heard from people, you know, in casual settings where they don't want to turn the air on yet because it's not hot enough. And that's a bad idea this year in particular, um, just because of the nature of cool to hot and uh, the workload that's going to be coming into heating and air conditioning companies. And then the third rail that nobody is excited about is COVID caused a supply chain issue last year mm. where in, in our industry, there was a forecast of about a 30% downgrade in demand and they missed that forecast. And instead we had uh, a pretty significant increase in demand. So there was probably about a 40% oops Wow. And so wow. we've never we've never recovered from that as an industry. And now, and I, you know, I don't want to get political, but the fact of the matter is the federal government is paying people to sit at home and manufacturers are having a pretty difficult time getting people to come to work. Oh, and so yeah. what that has spelled is uh, manufacturing in the heating and air conditioning sector is sometimes at this point three to four weeks out before you can get what you've ordered. And so fortunately for us, I kind of had a feeling this was coming and uh, did some checking around and placed some strategic orders a couple of months ago. (laughs) And uh, we've got got a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, equipment sitting around our office uh, and shop ready to go. But um, there's a lot of dealers and a lot of manufacturers who are really struggling to get product out the door right now. So you can service your customers uh, maybe quicker than some others in the industry. Just one of the many reasons to check out Agers HVAC. Uh, Gabe Pfeiffer's here. Brian, and he, he has a question. Hey, Brian. Sure. Um, uh, I, I know, I think, uh, with, with everybody staying home during the, the, the COVID you know, lockdown period, I think a lot of us turned our eyes towards home improvement. And that's, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that drove a lot of this, uh, this excessive demand. I mean, we we see the the price of uh, wood going skyrocketing because of all those things. I, I sure. I'm having to postpone my basement redo because of it. Uh, but um, uh, when when do you anticipate things kind of settling back down to normal? I mean, at at some point we we have to get back you're, to, yeah. to normal. You're talking don't we? about supply chain. Yeah, exactly. 
three years. Yeah, oh, I was going to wow. say, is it even on the horizon at this oh, point? Oh, wow. I, yeah. guess, I guess a year and a half, basically, in, in lockdown is, is, you know, with the crazy up and down of the demand is going to force well, a three-year response. Unfortunately, it's, it's not just one thing. It's not just, oh, we had a copper shortage. Now we're over it. It was a copper shortage, and then it was a... A resin shortage, uh, so you couldn't make the drain pans that go in the evaporators. And then it was a chipset shortage where you couldn't make thermostats. And it's just, it seems like every week. And a personnel shortage that you just addressed. (laughs) You can't can't assemble anything. So it's like there's always something that is popping up, uh, kind of like the whammy (laughs) on the game show (laughs) when I was a kid. And it's like, honestly, I mean, People listening, oh, three years, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, I obviously don't have a crystal ball, but from the analysts that I've talked to and the things that I've been privy to, I'm going to say if nothing else goes wrong, we're probably going to be three years before things feel like they're back to the way they used to be. You know what, Brian? I didn't didn't even anticipate going down this uh, road in this uh, discussion, but... We've talked a lot about uh, you know colleges and uh, and uh, furthering your education on this mm-hmm. show in the past, and I have uh, always been a big endorser of trade schools and mm-hmm. you know like oh, college is good for some people. Yeah, it's the right thing. If you're Gabe Pfeiffer and you want to be a <laughs> rocket scientist and an engineer, then you need to go to college. Yes. But it's not the one stop solution for so many things. And everything that you have just described, all of the needs everywhere in in your industry, which is only one mm-hmm. of the many trade industries, mm-hmm. uh, it's a perfect. Uh, that's a, a great endorsement for uh, uh, a gr- what could be a great lifestyle and career for somebody who uh, wants to go into the trades and get educated and get a job uh, immediately. And a lot of people aren't really looking at that. I mean, kids in high school are encouraged to go to college in mass, and and college is not for everybody. Right. I I didn't particularly like school, but I loved mechanical things, mm-hmm. and so for me it was an obvious choice. But we're going to have, you know, some estimates are a quarter of a million jobs that are open and can't be filled in the next few years mm-hmm. just in the heating and cooling trades. Wow. Jeez. That's incredible. And so that means yeah. that somebody who's a young person who doesn't want to go $100,000 in debt and then come out with a degree that they may or may not get a job, they can spend two years in a trade school, start usually making somewhere around 20 bucks an hour, and within five years be making 40 bucks an hour. I mean, mm. Yeah. That's where things are at. Yeah. And so I would encourage any parents listening or any young people who are mechanically inclined or who have some sort of interest in working with your hands. It's a phenomenal field to get in, and you can kind of write your own check at this point. Definitely. Yeah, that it, that is incredible and something that people need to know because the jobs are there. Yes. And if you get that education, you the jobs are there and you will be able to get to work uh, right away. Only a couple minutes left here, Brian. I can't talk to Brian without uh, mentioning the uh, uh, the mobile showroom. Uh, if you are looking for a, a new system in your home, uh, Agers HVAC, one of the great tools that you guys have is the mobile showroom shows up right there in, in front of somebody's house, gives people an opportunity to go in and touch and feel and operate and 
and and look at the system completely and make sure that uh, they are making the right decision for their home and for their budget. And I know that those are all things that you are very sensitive to. Uh, so I just want to make sure that people hear about the mobile showroom before we let you go. Um, anything else? Anything else that uh, that you can touch on before we let you go and let people also know if they do need to get a hold of you if they're having air conditioner problems or they're looking to put a new system in. Uh, how do they get a hold of Agers HVAC? You can find us online at callagers, which is callagers.com, mm-hmm. or you can call our office at 636-681-1976. And we still have pretty good turnaround and availability, um, but as things heat up and, and the schedule fills up, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, some of my uh, compadres out here are telling me that they're two and three weeks out already. And wow. so... Mm. We're not that bad. Um, Getting to the queue, guys. Coming. Yeah. So <laughs> Brian turn on Agers. your air and make sure it works. Yeah, and and change your filter. Yeah, <laughs> and change your filter. <laughs> Brian Agers from Agers HVAC. Thanks again for joining us today. Agers is a sponsor of the show. We certainly appreciate that as well. Uh, Brian, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, thanks, guys. All right, and that is going to wrap up this edition of the Weekend Report. If you missed anything, download our podcast on the Odyssey app. For Frank Ladd and Gabe Pfeiffer, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 